Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation. We finally have made it to game day. And I know it's only a preseason game, but it is the first preseason game of the 2022 preseason. And uh, after four of these bad boys, then we'll be looking at September 11th, and we'll be talking about the Raiders and the Chargers at SoFi Stadium in L.A. But you got to get to the first preseason game before you can get to the last one. So here we are, Hall of Fame experience in Canton, Ohio's going on. And uh, I come to you live from not the media center at the Pro Football Hall of Fame because for some reason, it's deserted. It is empty. There's not a lot of action going on at all. I've never been to the Hall of Fame where they didn't have a radio row. I've never been to a Hall of Fame where there wasn't a massive amount of radio stations and a lot of beat writers and a lot of news, not newspapers, but just writers on, on teams covering. I've never been to the Hall of Fame when that was going on, but today it was. And it's so funny this morning, the morning tailgate, Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Clay Baker, they were on from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. In the media room, it was only Vinny and Heidi and me. That was it. It was us three and nobody else. And so I asked the lady, I said, wait, what's going on here? And she said, well, well we're, we're down staff. We don't have as many staff people. So tomorrow the media center is actually closed. So I said, well, okay, I come back to the hotel and make it happen. And lo and behold, Raider Nation, you won't believe this. I come back to the hotel. I set up all the equipment. I'm good to go. I can't find my key. Of course, right? There's something i got to lose. So I'm thinking, okay, where did I do with it? I'm retracing my steps. I'm going all the way out to the car. I'm walking around. I'm patting myself down, looking for my key to the room. Can't find it. Go back to the front desk. Ask the, the fine ladies up here. And they say, yeah, no problem. They give me another key. I'm walking down the hallway, and who do I run into? Steve Foster. <laughs> What's up, brother? Hey, man, you know, just trying to make it work. <laughs> yeah, you made it work. I had your key. You had my key. <laughs> so the funny thing about this is is that Steve is right across the hallway. And we knew that we were staying at the same hotel. We, you know, put this all together at the same time. But you're literally right across the hall. So even if I hadn't ran into you, 30 minutes later, you would have said, wait a minute, that sounds like you right. that's talking. And so, boom, here we are. Absolutely. And, and this one is special uh, because, again, not only is it the Raiders, one of my beloved teams as a little Sears, Tuskins, Husky-wearing kid. <laughs> Husky. And everybody, you know, <laughs> my, mom, my mom used to say, you're not fat, Stevie. You're just husky. <laughs> Ever since those days of the, of the Sears – Cowboys, Raiders, snap-on jacket with the plastic arms. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Right, We're going right. real back, you know, <laughs> the Sears and Roebuck oh, wow. catalog. Right, okay? right. That was a thick catalog, too. That yes. was a thick catalog. Very. Got everything from that piece. Yes. Uh, I had the pleasure of being taught how to catch a football from one cliff branch. And, um, you know, cue to be able to be here with – the organization, right. with his family members. I mean, uh, you know, shout out to – and I got to meet this gentleman, you know, the Cliff to Canton. Oh, yeah. Uh, and just whoever is associated with him, this is a professional athlete who took time for me right. personally. Right. And, you know, 
that has an impact. Of course. And that's why the Raiders are one of my favorite teams right. of all time. You know, I got the gear. I come walking down, strolling yeah. in the Raiders Yeah, you got the gear on right now. I mean, I didn't have to change to get ready. I've been ready. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and to have that type of one-on-one connect and to have it never deviate or ever have that flame, you know, extinguished, get to do the things that I've been highly fortunate to do as a player, right. as a coach, now as a media broadcaster and one that really gets to associate with those that understand and have the same type of passion. Uh, that's 40-plus years right. of, of a connection. No doubt, no doubt. And, I mean, we're here in Canton, Ohio. You know, we've been to many different events, you know, Super Bowls, drafts. We've been to <laughs> Hall of Fames, yes. college football games. Right. I mean, there's been so many different events that we've been able to cover, uh, NFL games. Obviously, you've had me on your show, you know, when uh, when we were in Dallas right. and or else we were in the Super Bowl. I mean, yes. it's just been, it's been a whole lot of fun to be able to do what we do. But coming here to the Hall of Fame, we were talking about this the other day, and I had the president on, and – there's only 362 members of the Hall of Fame. Right. You know how many people have played right. the game of football in, on, the, on the professional level, and only 362 are in there. And I, I kept saying, Steve, that right now on the, on the Raiders roster, there's 90 guys. Think about that. If you take all the players right now on the rosters in the AFC West alone, that's who's all in the Hall of Fame, basically. And you divide that by 7 billion people on <laughs> right. the planet. And you get some astronomically small number with 7,800 zeros. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's that special. And, you know, so many people, even if you only played up to sixth grade and, you know, you never made it past where your parents had to, you know, right. pay for you. <laughs> right, right. Or not have to pay for you. Um, you had some interest. Right. And, and even those people that say, I don't want to watch football all day, <laughs> they know something. Of course. About it. Yep. And when you talk about the NFL and what the Super Bowl has done internationally and yep. how um, we have players not only from the United States mm-hmm. as NFL members right. to, to realize that you've made it kind of, you know, upstream to, to that pinnacle um, – yeah, that's saying something. Right. It, you know, it really is. And I'm just excited to be here, man, and, you know, excited to see uh, when Cliff Branch is officially enshrined, when Mark Davis introduces him and his sister speaks and the family's going to have a party. And, of course, Mark Davis is having a huge party, uh, renting out a whole hotel and everything. So, I mean, that's going down. But, I mean, just to know that for, you know, forever he'll be enshrined in Canton, Ohio, knowing what he meant to the game, you know, how he changed the game, helped change the game. Of course, you know, Bullet Bob Hayes obviously was stretching the field and, uh, you know, others. But Cliff Branch just, you know, was one of the ones that changed the way that the game is played. I mean, just when you think about that and know that he's finally going to get his due, even though he's not here to smell the flowers, I mean, what does that, what does that mean to you? Well, because as I grew up, and, and you don't realize this, because you're proud as a – little kid and then you go to middle school and high school and i'm like oh man i know cliff branch oh, oh i know that guy right i know like, that guy actually helped me catch a football oh okay if you're like hey, cliff branch. <laughs> yeah yeah okay i guess he could but when you think about it now i say hey remember right. when i was telling you back in 1985 about cliff branch <laughs> right now what <laughs> you know you get to go back i told you he was good i told you he was good and then you get to recognize what impact that he's made not just on me, 
Right. But you can see, you know, through social media, the impact he has on his family and other members and, and, and Raider fans. Yeah. You realize, wow, to be able to be in a circle like that, in a personal circle like that, I mean – um, you know, and I can't find. I mean, it's it's been it's been a rough year for me. Uh, you know, all three of my parents have passed away <laughs> within a yeah, year. Yeah. But somewhere, he, I had the, the the photo, the old school photo that Cliff Branch had signed yeah. that you had to take to Walgreens to get them to <laughs> get it printed out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, so um, in in the old school Sears Oakland Raiders jacket, yeah, and and, and the pullover sweatshirt. I had all that yeah. because of Cliff Branch. Also, man, uh, for what it's worth, I was top 20 yards per catch in FCS nice. as a running back. Nice. Again, attributable back right. to someone of that caliber who taught me. And there are people give people grief. As you know, you've lived in Texas about El Paso. Right, 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 right. right. But he came to El Paso yeah, yeah, more than sure. one time, yeah. and he saw me, and he cared. That's and awesome. And now – he carries Super Bowls, All Pro, right. uh, touchdown receptions, and the like into Canton. I, I love the fact that you brought up the Super Bowls, and we were talking. We had multiple guests on the show yesterday, and, and we brought up the Super Bowls and the fact that he has three. Right. The Raiders organization has three. Right. So obviously that lets you know how valuable and what he meant to and the he organization. Played, played played in all three and was a factor in, in, in all three. <laughs> exactly. It's not like he was just on the roster. Right. He was on the field. And 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 I mentioned that the second time Cliff Branch came to the house, he brought Clarence Davis. Yeah. And Clarence Davis then told me how to notch that football mm-hmm. and tuck it away. Well, you know, if, if you don't remember, the, the Super Bowl that John Madden wins for the Oakland Raiders, Clarence Davis was the leading rusher right, for right. the Oakland Raiders, 137 yards. Mm-hmm. Could have been the MVP of that game. Right. Could have. Sea of hands. <laughs> if you don't know, 1974 divisional playoff game against the Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. they kind of questioned Clarence Davis's hands. <laughs> he snatches between like three Miami defenders right. with the snake following, you know, down trying to get, you know, right. the ball out of his hands. And who comes up with it? Number 28, Clarence yep. Davis. Right. So if you would have been two <laughs> offensive guys yeah. that you could have given to – a little husky kid in El Paso, Texas, <laughs> who becomes a Raider fan for life. Right. Those two are pretty darn good. For sure. If you talk about plucking two people off of yeah, a roster. Yeah, couldn't have got two, two, two better guys. Right? <laughs> right, right. Two better guys. Really on and off the field. Right. You know? Yeah. Not just on the field, but off the field as well. So, yeah. I've never been in trouble either off the field. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Matter of fact, Steve will keep you out of trouble. That's right. <laughs> I can tell you that firsthand, brother. I always know I'm in good hands when I'm with Steve. I ain't yeah, getting in no man. trouble. You know, I tell you, this this law degree does work well, and it does calm <laughs> law enforcement and a lot of others when you display the gold card. I got the number memorized anyway. There you go. Yeah. I didn't even know you had a gold card that, yeah. that you have a number on. I didn't know that it was part of the club. That yeah, just means man. that I'm not part of the club. Well, that's okay. But I know guys club that are. by association. <laughs> exactly. Q. Exactly. There it is for you just so you can oh, see wow. it. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. That, that, and, that, and that's on top. That's, you know, yeah. It, as it should be. As, as it should as be. As it should be. That's what I'm talking about. I know who I'm going out with tonight. <laughs> exactly. 
I know who I'm going out with tonight. Again, we're hanging out right now with Steve Foster here on Unnecessary Roughness, Red Nation Radio 920. So as far as kind of watching all the events that happened this week, and there's so many different events that are right. going on, and, you know, we've been credentialed to just about everything, what do you look forward to the most? The induction speeches. Yeah, yeah. The induction speeches. So emotional, aren't they? Yeah, because it's Man. like you win. It's like right. you've done this and you win. Right. And it's like, what do you say? I right. mean, think about it. And, and you and I have been in the athletic world. Yep. And, and I have not ever been bestowed, even in a high school hall of fame or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I've been where we have been honored as an all-star team. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and things of that nature. Don't bring up all-star teams, man. The only all-star team I made, my coach left me at, at home. He didn't want. He didn't even want me on the team, man. Really? Yeah. Oh man, that's a whole nother story, Steve. <laughs> yeah, the wounds like, are still I deep, know. man. The wounds are still deep. Oh, my All Star coach didn't even want me. He said, "Yeah, I can pick you up. Don't worry, I'll be right there." I'm still waiting on him to pick oh, me up. Oh man, oh man. I always just wonder, you know, and 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 we're kind of on a Raider roll, and, right. and I'm hoping, yeah. that you know, because again, Tom Flores is way too long. Way too long. And and thank God he w- is yeah. available. Yes, um, to, I was to, I was concerned about that one. Yes, I was concerned about that one. But 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 Stabler and Branch, right? Not being able to to stand and 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 get that right the just and give their and, and give and, their and, own speech, you know, and because you know the the Steeler fans really they really want to, and I'm like man. Steelers. They put they put some whoopings on the Steelers. Just, just no, they did. They did that. for sure. For you know, sure, they put some whoopings on. It's a just bunch about. Of I mean, look, we're in Canton, Ohio, so when it's a Steeler that uh, that retires, it's just about they just drive themselves to Canton. Like, hey, right, I'll, I'll right. see y'all in five years. I'm gonna drive my way there and go yeah. ahead and make my own bus because they right. get in here quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. There's they something, do. I guess, because Western PA, maybe right? Of there's, course, there's some kind They're of interstate close. agreement. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, if you get kind of good. If you play here for a while, right. we'll throw you in that hall yeah, down the we'll, street. We'll allow right. you to come through. I mean, yeah, and I, you know, um, because I know, and they talk about Lynn Swan making the great catch against the Cowboys in the '76 right. Super Bowl, but Cliff Branch smoked the Eagles in the Superdome mm-hmm. from Jim Plunkett. That just because it wasn't, you know, it, it went a long way and it counted. Right. Well, I mean, are you getting points now for, you know, artistic impression? <laughs> Not you shouldn't. Ha- I mean, don't get me wrong. Right. Because if that's the case. Right. You know, there's a lot of people that could make some arguments, but. We- it, you know, and I hate it, Steve. I hate that we always have to. And this is what we have to do is when we're talking about guys getting into the hall, we always have to, you know, compare greatness and say, well, you know, look at this guy compared to this guy. But because of the way that they put people in the hall, like, we have to do that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that, I mean, we have but to. But how do you leave off a three-time Super Bowl champ from that far ago? Exactly. That's a starter. Right. That's a multiple all-pro four times and exactly. bowler and, and, and led the league. I always say rings don't matter, but if you have a tie – Rings should matter, right? They have to matter. <laughs> you know, I mean, they yeah, do matter. matter. They matter. The only guy there's only, that, you know, that rings don't matter is Dan Marino. Is Dan Marino. <laughs> right. See, yeah. And we all know and that. we all know. Because there's, there's always one. Right. right. There's, there's always, always one. one. Exactly. And he's it. You, right. you can't take that spot away. Right. So that box is now checked, right. gone. That ship has sailed. Yeah. Everybody else? Right. You got to bring, you got, you, you know. As I say, when you go to a picnic, napkins don't count. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you got to bring more, something more than just a napkin. I heard that. You, you hear that, Tamon? You got to bring something, man. You can't just yeah. bring napkins, man. No, you gotta... <laughs> napkins don't count, bro. Tamon's like, oh, damn. I was about to bring right, some right. napkins. He was like, I was, about to go, I was about to go to the kitchen to get some napkins. Mm-hmm. Just they the 12 case of the uh, Big K then. <laughs> exactly. Nice. But you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and life is not fair. Right. I can say that eloquently as a black man in America. However, you can still do extremely well. For sure. And, and what you're saying is you do have to compare, contrast, make that case. Yep. And listen, Raider Nation, we got to make the case. Mm-hmm. Because Jim Plunkett. Right. Right? Yeah. Why not? Jim Plunkett, Lester Hayes. I was, I was right, right, right. Feelings were hurt about Lester Hayes. Feelings I thought, are I was, still hurt. Yeah. I As thought, a Texan. Yeah. He went to Texas true. A&M. Yep. Actually played with the, my room dog before I bought my house in, mm-hmm. in Austin. Yeah. Uh, Gary Milligan. And, and Milligan would tell me stories about Lester. Right. So Lester would uh, race the freshmen. Okay. And he'd make them put up the cash. Oh, and nice. Say, hey, y'all can beat me. And, of course, I, I didn't know Lester was really – I knew he was fast and right. you were a little kid. Right. I knew when he caught an interception, not many people, you know. Right. I, I just figured, well, he had a good angle. Mm-hmm. But Milligan said, oh, no, 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 no. Lester Hayes is – a fast man. Yeah. There's another guy, Curtis Dickey. Curtis Dickey was a running back for A&M. Okay. I think they both ran like 4-2-4-3. Four, four, right. That's incredible. And, and, and Lester Hayes, we need to push for him too. No, that's – man, and, you know, he was a semifinalist, him and Amy Trask, and then they just didn't make the final cut. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that Amy was going to, but I thought Lester did. You know, I thought Lester was going to make it, and he didn't. And, you know, that's unfortunate because that's a guy – one, I'll tell you, as a guy that he's been on this show many times – one, I would love to hear his acceptance speech because, boy, he, he'll tell some stories. Oh, I'm telling you. He's going to he, tell some stories. <laughs> I'm telling you. You know, getting the background from a co- – and, you know, college is even before he got the big, big limelight. Right. You know, and Brian College Station back in the 70s was a sleepy time. I bet sleepy it was. Time, but they had fun. Yeah. And, and, and it, w- w- without a doubt, to have a guy like him, Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's almost a crime. The, 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 the story – line that I love the most is the people are are in the NFL Hall of Fame are people you can't tell the story of pro football and leave out. And leave out. Exactly. Exactly. Right? That, right? That, I mean, that, that, it that's should the be bar. that simple. Right. It really should be that right. simple. But we too many times I feel like if you weren't cool to this media member or you weren't cool to this media member, all of a sudden they label you as this, that, and the other. But it shouldn't be that. It shouldn't matter if you talk to us or not. Right. right? I mean, it should matter what you did on the field and how great you did it. And and you shouldn't have to wait. Right. They they should find a way right. uh, of acceptance to get you in the pipeline. Even if you're not actually inducted, they should say you're on track. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. You, you know. Maybe you have to. It's a three step step process or whatever. Yeah. But but you're in. Yeah. It and just they, it should be kind of some provisional deal so they don't have to wait mm-hmm. so daggum long. Well, because they have a logjam now. You yeah. know, like that, and right. that's that's part of the problem because now you have current guys with huge monstrous stats because the game has changed right. so the guys like a cliff branch you look at their numbers and say oh that wasn't that impressive but you just are looking at numbers you're not looking at the body of work like you didn't you know what i mean like guys aren't looking at what he did they're just looking at they're going and comparing numbers say well this guy's numbers were fantastic look at look how many touchdowns he had look at all the catches he had look at all the thousand yard seasons okay let's put him in but then you're going to leave off a guy like a Cliff Branch because the numbers don't look the same, but the errors aren't but my, the same. My question is, what were they doing in the 80s? Right. Well, who were you putting in? Right, yeah. That And you know what? I'm going to tell you this, and, and people could go nuts, but I think Cliff Branch should have been in before Dan Fouts. Oh, for sure, for sure. 
I think Cliff Branch should have been in a long time ago. I mean, a long, and I, I, I tell the story and, all the time. Know, I'm, I'm going back to the time yeah. where I see these dudes get in, and I'm like, whoa. Right, Dave right. Fouts is in and Cliff Branch not? Right, exactly. Like, you shouldn't – honestly, you shouldn't look at someone and say and, – and have that hesitation. You know, is this a Hall of Famer? Right. And if you have to have the discussion back and forth, they're probably not a Hall of Famer, right? I mean, right. you should be able to know, no doubt about it, that that's a Hall like of him Famer. him or her. Right. Depending on the sport. Exactly. Oh, yeah. She – oh, she – right. Done you deal. Know? And that's who Cliff Branch was. I mean, you look at what he did, how he helped change the game. I mean, look, look at Tyreek Hill. And I know he's not in Kansas City anymore, but right. look at Tyreek Hill. Cliff Branch was Tyreek Hill before Tyreek Hill. That's exactly right. And they just didn't obviously play the game like it's played now, but he was doing those things, right. but just better. <laughs> well, he's got a 99-yard touchdown. And on, a, on, a, on a pulled hammy. Yeah. I mean, for like, what, 25, 30 yards? <laughs> I could barely get out of bed when I got a cramp. <laughs> right. <laughs> let right. alone, let alone right. try to run 30 yards on a pulled hammy. I got to give a shout-out to a guy that I loved back in Cliff Branch's day Okay. that not a lot of people may even remember. But I loved him. Okay. Otis Sistrunk. Oh, yeah. From oh, the yeah. University of Mars. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I got his football card. Oh, I forgot the football cards. Oh, no. Oh. You had all those cards that you put oh. together. Hey, well, all you got to do is get back on the plane, go on back, oh, yeah, and, and then, right. you know, just come on back. You can make that happen. <sighs> I forgot the football cards. I can't believe that. That's the something I would have done. I can't believe you forgot your football cards. I was just so happy. And I dressed. <laughs> I, I, I know you dressed the part. Them. I just. I, but you know what? It was more to 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 to. I knew I was going to see you. Uh, I I knew that there were there's going to come the time that we really honor Cliff Branch, right? And, and we want to pay attention to that. And so, um, interestingly enough, um, you know, that's the deal. Talking about Lester Haynes, yeah. Mike Haynes on yep. the other side. That's Matter is fact, this the best is is that the best two corner combo? Oh yeah. I think in the history of the game. I think in the history of the game. Speaking th- of, I'm glad you that's a great segue, as a matter of fact. Speaking <laughs> of, he actually just texted me and he's gonna join the show in uh, about forty minutes. So there you go. Look at that. So, Clairvoyance. See, that was that was great. That's that's when you know that this is a radio pro right here in Steve Foster. <laughs> when he set me up and didn't even know he was setting me up. <laughs> well that's what and and, and that's while we're all wearing Raider gear right now as we do this program, I mean, <laughs> right? it, it's real. Yeah. And, and if you're a fan, uh, the, the other end that I love with Raider Nation is is the Blanda connect. Right. I, I think I told you that. Julie Blanda, mm-hmm. a niece of, of George, right. uh, was the president of the Baseline Bum San Antonio Spurs fan club. She knew my love for the Raiders. I actually got to meet Nice. And, and Jim Otto. They sit wow. next to each other. That's awesome. And Oakland Alameda yeah. and Mr. Davis's box. Nice, nice. That is awesome. Well, I'll tell you right now, there is a large contingency of Raiders, former Raiders, the alum that are here in Canton, Ohio, and there's more that's headed to Canton, Ohio. Van McElroy, I talked to him the other day. He's headed in on Friday. Uh, just had Jerry Robinson. I was on the plane with him. I sat next to him the whole time, so we were uh, rapping about the Raiders the whole time. So, he, I mean, he got here on, uh, what day did I get here? Wednesday. So, I mean, you know, it's just the streets are flooded right now with former Raiders. Uh, obviously, Raider Nation, you've seen Raider Nation's already here. Yeah. Uh, hell, there's even Jacksonville fans here. They gotta be. You gotta play somebody, <laughs> <laughs> right? You can't. You can't have a game with one team, right? Exactly. I'm wondering how this weather is going to hold up, though, because the weather is earlier today was really. Well, rainy. we came here, um, and it may have been right before we actually formally met. And remember when they painted? Oh yes, the, the yes, field, yes. And then they said, "Oh wow, this is just right. after the first quarter. Yeah, it's unsafe, right? Because people I remember were slipping. That. And, yep, yep. And that was and a t- that was a blank show for real. Yeah, so <laughs> that was exactly what that but was. But now. 
the great thing is that people have come to really, and they're working on the village. Yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hall of Fame right, village, right, right. Which we knew about. Yeah, we've it heard it. They've talked about yes. it for a while, and now yes. they're putting it together. together. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, and so they've upgraded the the surfaces. Yeah, is what is right. what I was getting at. So nice. there shouldn't be any issues. It looks. With the I mean, the blinds aren't open here, but it looks like it's decent weather out right now. Whereas opposed to earlier, it was. Ohioans raining. have told me. <laughs> is that a word? Ohioans. 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 Okay. Yes. Okay. I got you. Um, that. They don't predict much more rain. It okay. doesn't look good. Right, right. Yeah, However, the right. natives know yeah, that, hey, man. that's, that's look, just a facade. And I didn't believe any of that natives know stuff until I was in Texas. And now it's like, <laughs> right. smells like rain. Oh, yeah, it's going to be coming in in about 12 minutes. It's only going to be here for eight, though. But, you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, Texas Texas got me becoming a weatherman, man. Well, As you, you very well, well know. Hey, yeah, I mean. It's and all the seasons can happen in the same day. One day. <laughs> It could be summer, winter, it could be raining, yep. it'll be cold, it'll right. be blazing hot, all in the same day, and then there'll be mosquitoes flying around because it's humid and it just rained. Mm -hmm. That's that's just how it goes. All right, well, there you go. That's the way we get things started on today's <laughs> show as we're going to lead you all the way up to 3 o'clock. That'll be the pregame show, JT the Brick and Eric Allen, and they'll pass the sticks on to Jason Horowitz, the new play-by-play -play voice of the Silver and Black, along with Lincoln Kennedy. Coming up next, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He's been walking around the Hall of Fame. If you're looking at his Twitter account, he's tweeting out all these different pictures of the Raiders, their busts that are in Canton, Ohio already. He'll, come, he'll join us next to talk all things Raiders. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And now, thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas, let's go back to Canton, Ohio for more Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And we are live on the scene Pro Football Hall of Fame, Canton, Ohio. The game kicks off this evening, 5 p.m. Raiders and Jaguars, first preseason game, and we're here. But we are here to celebrate Cliff Branch. Also, Richard Seymour going into the Hall of Fame. He spent some time with the Silver and Black. But as far as I'm concerned, it's all about Cliff Branch. With Steve Foster, I'm Q Myers. Join us now on the phone lines from ESPN is our good friend Paul Gutierrez. And, Paul, I didn't know if this day was ever going to happen, right? We never knew if this day was going to happen for Cliff, but uh, it's finally here. This week is finally here. Mark Davis is going to celebrate in a major way. Uh, what are your thoughts? I saw the picture that you tweeted out, you and, you and Cliff, uh, in front of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's the epitome. We've, we've talked about this before, Q. Number one, thanks for having me. Number two, I'm glad you're there and can to witness it firsthand. But it's the epitome of bittersweet, man. I mean, had had numerous conversations with Cliff. I knew him uh, very well, um, you know, towards the end of his life and is one of my sources on old-school Raider-type stories. And, and we never really got into the conversation about, um, you know, when he was going to get into the Hall. I, I, I got the sense from him that he was resigned either way. But he was looking forward to that potential. And, you know, when he left us far too early, un unexpectedly and suddenly, it, it just kind of makes you kind of sit back and take stock of life in general, right? And knowing that he had plans, he had been showing people plans of a house he was going to build in Las Vegas. Everybody knows how tight he was with Mark Davis. Um, just the epitome of bittersweet because he deserved it. He deserved it a long time ago. You say the same thing about Ken Stabler, yeah. uh, that his family had to wait until he was gone to, to uh, you know, be recognized as such, even though to Raider fans and to people in the know, uh, he was a Hall of Famer um, well before actually getting a bust. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 I mean, that's gospel right there. And Paul, real quick, I mean, how about how about the fact that when he passed, it was Hall of Fame weekend, his birthday weekend. I mean, it was all that all came together. It's like it, it all was one it's like circle of life, but he passed away. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing there is a story that I've written a couple times is Tom Flores, kind of the same situation. When they opened up the, the seniors category and they had that blue ribbon committee and they recognized that they were actually going to do coach a coach-specific category, because remember, at the time, coaches were going up against players, and it was hard for coaches to get in. Tom Flores was at the ceremony in Ken. He got a text from, from Cliff telling him about this new category and told him, Coach, you're in. And Tom looked at the text, put it away, and he was going to write him back when he had something more thoughtful to write back, and he was going to write back, no, Cliff, we're both in, because they were enlargening the, the, uh, the Veterans Committee as well. He never got a chance to send that text because Cliff passed that next day, and it really just tore him up because he got a text from Marcus Allen telling him exactly that. Um, again, just bittersweet, really sad, but they're also it's a time for celebration as well. Paul, Steve Foster, hope you're doing well. Um, I, I've told the stories about Cliff. I met him when I was a youngster about seven years old, and he taught me how to catch a football in the backyard. Then he follows it up with bringing Clarence Davis on his next trip um when you're in texas especially in the 70s you're 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 a dallas cowboys fan (laughs) and to to be able to to have that iconic at the time they were bigger than life for me uh in your own home and 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 giving of themselves i've been you know ever since the opportunity to get on radio after playing and coaching football uh, to to talk about my guy Cliff, my guy Cliff, and people was like, oh man, who's Cliff? And now, now it's like they really understood. Wow, you had someone special in your home yeah. that taught you, and now I see really why you're so passionate about being a Raider fan in Texas of all places. Yeah, and with Cliff, he kind of transcends that, right? Because he was a guy that would show up big in big games. When he when he retired, he held you know numerous postseason receiving records. Yes, that right there should have been his first ticket into the Hall of Fame. Uh, when you compare his season, his career stats against Lynn Swan, against uh, uh, John Stallworth, Harold Carmichael, his Drew Pearson, his colleagues, his contemporaries, they're right there. And it's the same thing with Stabler and Joe Namath and other quarterbacks from that era, that ilk. It's just one of those things that make you scratch your head. But when it comes to Cliff, there was just something special about him that always made you feel good about yourself when you had that conversation with him. You never knew if Cliff was having a bad day. But he wanted to make sure you were having a good day. There were numerous times, guys, where I would get just a text out of the blue. Uh, Happy Father's Day. Uh, the funniest thing he sent me was his last year, he sent me an, a random text on Father's Day, and it said, Happy Father's Day to all the real Raider fans out there. Real Raider dads don't let their sons or daughters grow up to be 49er fans. And it's, it's got a picture of a guy spanking a kid. <laughs> and I'm like, that to me was Cliff. You know, I don't. I couldn't tell you anybody that did not like Cliff. And that picture that I tweeted out was he was up here in Petaluma, um, in the, the North Bay, doing a signing. I'm like, you know, I saw Cliff's here. I'm going to go see him. And sure enough, I saw him. Got the big hug. You know, got the daft, the pound, and everything else that came with it. I'm like, look, Cliff, we've never taken a picture. And, and you know, I'm one of those ones. You know, I'm kind of old school, get off my lawn, still kind of sports journalist guys. But I'm like, there's times when it's okay to take a picture. You know, and yeah. that was the time because before then he was doing a signing at a Kmart in Petaluma, and I was taking the kids to the pool. My son was probably five years old, wearing a Namdi Awesome Watt jersey. 
do this. <laughs> we walk in. Cliff sees the jersey and goes, hey, number 21. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He thinks he's wearing a Cliff jersey. Yep. So I just keep steering my son backwards so he doesn't see Austin well on the back. <laughs> but it made Cliff's day. It made my day. It was just it was awesome. That is hilarious. Wow. That's a that's a heck of a story right there. Again, we're talking with Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, talking all things Cliff Branches. He'll be enshrined in Decanton, Ohio, this uh, upcoming weekend and Saturday. And what do you think is going through, and I know you've had many conversations with MD, with Mark Davis, but what do you think is going to be going through his mind when he presents Mark or when he presents uh, uh, Cliff and then just, you know, being able to see his sister uh, talk and, and give a speech and everything? That was his best friend. What, what do you think is going to be going through yeah. Mark's mind? You know, it's interesting. I had to talk with him when the news became official. And, you know, you, as a journalist, you try to get to the bottom and try to get some real feelings there. And there's obviously real feelings there. But, but I think Mark's going to play it tough. He's going to play it close. Otherwise, it, it, you know, it's, it's going to be very, very emotional. The, the things that those guys went through together uh, that are obviously not for print or <laughs> not for publication, <laughs> right. but also the things that, that everybody knows, their friendship, their relationship. They were roommates. You know, when I did the story a couple weeks ago, Mike Haynes lived down the street from him in Manhattan Beach, where those two guys, Mark Davis and Cliff, shared a house. Uh, so you can only, if you know, if those walls could talk, that would right. be able to. Yes. But the thing that's most interesting is a story again that Mark told me, um, and it's it's in one of my books. I can't remember which one it is. I think it's the 100 Things Raider Fans Should Know and Do, where Mark was hit, represented Cliff in negotiations. Mark was his agent. Yeah. And guess who he negotiated against? Al Davis. So, so Mark tells me he gets kicked out of the house. He says, then Cliff catches two touchdowns in Super Bowl 15, and then I'm back in the family again. So I think all those memories are going to come flooding back at once. And uh, as Mark told me one time, you know, when Cliff lost his house in the Santa Rosa firestorm in 2017, he lost everything except for a few things that he grabbed from his safe, uh, his, uh, his Super Bowl rings and, and uh, some money. And as Mark told me, he had enough Raider gear and paraphernalia and mementos to furnish a Raider museum if he wanted to. And that just, again, takes me back to seeing him at different signings, whether it was at a Kmart, whether it was at a, uh, the outlet mall, where, where the, the Raider image was the first time I really met him. Uh, you know, my dad's got a picture with him where he let my dad wear his ring. Uh, but Cliff <laughs> wouldn't let him go of his hand either. So he let people wear the ring for a picture, but Cliff's hands were all over the hand too. So just great stories like that, I think, in a couple of back to Mark. Paul, uh, another thing that I, you know, I can connect as a Texan and, and as a Cowboys fan, and, and my cousin is Everson Walls, and pulling for him as well next. But Drew Pearson, who had to wait all uh, his 38 years after playing, and, and hearing Roger Staubach say, you know, I'm not the Hall of Fame quarterback without Drew Pearson. I don't know if you know this, but but Drew was the one that stood up in the senior committee for Cliff. And he yeah. was on my show and, and explained what a special receiver Cliff was and that when they played the Raiders, they had to stop number 21. Hmm. Yeah. In talking with Tom Flores, he said coaches would tell him all the time that 21, Cliff, was the guy that <laughs> opposing defenses feared the most. And you think of that 1976 Raiders team, guys, yeah. the Super Bowl eleven champs, there's six Hall of Famers on offense alone yes. now with Cliff. Right. Uh, yep. Plus, plus uh, Tom Flores, an assistant, and John Madden, the coach. And that's not even talking about the guys that are on the defensive side of the ball with Willie Brown and, and right. the Soul Patrol and, <laughs> and you know, Matuzak and all those guys. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's an era of football that is, I think fans need to be reminded of. 
And the Hall of Fame, the way that they've done voting in the past, it's been such a bottleneck. That's why guys like Drew, guys like Cliff, guys like Stadler had to wait. And unfortunately for two of those guys, they had to wait too long. Yeah, you know, right. Coach Flores getting in last year, at least he gets to kind of get his, his bread and roses, so to speak. But I think the Hall is actually doing some good things now where they're opening up uh, categories. They're making special categories for contributors and coaches and players. And, you know, the Veterans Committee, is it's going to be opened up now for a much larger category. I vote for the Baseball Hall of Fame. And to me, that's the most fair, transparent process ever. You get a list of like 30 names and you vote for up to 10 and there it is. Right. You know, so I think the Pro Football Hall of Fame Committee, their job has been tough. I've been very critical of them in the past, but I see that they're actually trying to open things up to, to let today's fans know that, you know what, without these guys, we don't have the game as we know it today. Right, no doubt. And, and Paul, it's so funny. Uh, I saw you tweeting out a bunch of pictures of the bus that are there in Canton, Ohio, uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I thought you were just walking around snapping pictures and tweeting them out. Waiting for us <laughs> yeah, to show up. Yeah. We were like, here we go, Paul. We were like, Paul, 40 minutes, get right. us a parking spot, we'll be in there with you. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm, I'm seeing all these pictures rolling out, and I'm just thinking yeah. to myself, I mean, I know that every Raider fan doesn't, you know, their their favorite Raider is not necessarily in the hall, but just what does it say to what the organization was through that period of time that there are so many Raiders that are in the Hall of Fame? It shows what, what how dominant that team was, but also mm-hmm. how dominant the entire league was, if not the conference. You look at the Steelers, you know, you yep. look at the Dolphins from the 70s, uh, early 80s. I mean, you know. I, I'm 52 years old now. I don't feel it. I hope I don't look it. But you know, <laughs> I have very vivid memories, very vivid memories of those 70s Raiders teams. And, you know, full disclosure, growing up in Southern California in Barstow in the desert, ah. as a kid, my team was the Rams. So Vince Ferragamo was my guy. Mm-hmm. But my dad was always a Raider fan. And I found a lot of old school pictures, guys, where, like, I'm wearing Raider gear. And I'm like, wait a minute. Was my dad dressing <laughs> me up, kind of getting me ready to go? <laughs> You know, and then when the Raiders moved to L.A., I was in seventh grade, and, you know, you start to feel yourself a little bit, and then you look up, and on a personal level, wait, that's a Chicano quarterback? That's a Chicano uh, head coach that looks like Grandpa? Okay, I see what this is all about now, and they're all against authority and boom, boom, boom. Okay, I'm in. So that's what it says about that. And, you know, when you walk through that thing, I mean, John Madden, I think, put it best before he passed as well was, he thinks at night when they turn the lights off, those bus start talking to each other. And can you only imagine what the Raider bus are telling the other ones? Because as they always say, right, there's 31 teams in the NFL, and then there's also the Raiders. Right. And, uh, when you walk through that thing, you can just feel it. And the fact that the Raiders claim everyone from Eric Dickerson to Randy Moss to Bob Brown, I mean, you put on that silver and black from the Raider perspective, you're a member of the team. And, you know, Lincoln Kennedy said it in the book, Randy Moss wasn't a Raider, neither was Warren Sapp, but the Raiders recognize him. So it's all good. You know, and, and with that being said, and we talked about this the other day, I mean, Richard Seymour is going in as well, and I didn't even realize, you know, how well he played on some really bad teams, but you pointed it out, and so uh, yeah. he's going to get recognized uh, on Saturday night as well. And, and that's a good thing, too, for him. I mean, I, that was a huge, huge trade yep. when they acquired him, and then, you know, at the peak of his power, so to speak, in New England. And it took him a little while to get there and to show up, but when he showed up and when he when he was motivated and – and uh, when he had some help, I mean, he was a game changer. And like I mentioned to you before, Keith, to me the most impressive thing was, and I talked to him too, I did a story on Bruce Lee. For whatever reason, I did a story on Bruce Lee and I talked to him because he had trained in martial arts as a kid. And I always wonder if some of that training came out when he dropped Ben Roethlisberger with that open-hand palm strike to the face, man. <laughs> it was clean. It was yes. clean. 
yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I like it. No, I mean, and, and Paul, um, to be able to find uh, the multifacets of the perspectives, you growing up in California – uh, where you did, I mean, pure desert. My my parents lived in in Ridgecrest for a long time, so I know Barstow oh. very well. Visiting them, Burl's high, Burl's high. You know, Q being in the Bay, me being in Texas. You know, and and we even have a a, a, a Raider ATX. We have a, yeah. a silver and black club in Austin, Texas, um, and yeah. so. Um, these guys are, are just as you know on board as, as everyone. It, it's a franchise that. Without it, the NFL is not the same league, you know, be, between all the icons of, you know, Al Davis and what he brought to pro football and then all the players that played. I, I gave a shout-out to a guy that probably most of the millennials don't know, but it was my guy Otis Sistrunk from, from mm-hmm. the defense because nobody, you know, to remember a guy like him. But but he was one of the epitome of, of, of what the Raiders are as, as an organization and, and how they yeah. can function. And, and when you just can remember all those type guys, Cliff Branch was, was an all-star in, in a sea of stars. Yeah, and when you're talking Otis Sistrunk, you're talking not only of the defense, but from the University of Mars. Right? Yes. <laughs> he said that earlier. I said it because it's, yeah. it's on his football card. It's on yeah, his football yeah. card, Paul. Yeah, where everybody else is like, you know, Clemson, Texas, SC, yeah. University, University of, of Mars. Mars. <laughs> and, he's the guy, and he's like the first guy I recall seeing highlights of where Steam was coming off his shaved bald head, too. At night, like, ooh, this Absolutely. guy. There's something different about this guy. But, yeah, you're right. I mean – the Raiders are one of those franchises. It's iconic, no doubt. They've seen better days. They're coming off a playoff season. My expectations are high. And I can say this as an objective person that's covered this team in one way or the other since 2005, who grew up a fan of theirs and then covered the first game as a professional, quote-unquote professional, when I was 18 years old in 1988. The NFL is better when the Raiders are relevant. And it's yes. as simple as that. And when you've got all these guys finally going in the Hall of Fame, I think Lester Hayes is probably ticketed next. Steve Wisniewski should be hearing a call here as well. Um, you know, Jim Plunkett is going to get a lot of push here. I had Ron Rivera tell me to compare Jim Plunkett's stats to Bob Greasy's stats. You right. know, and, yeah, and how is Jim Plunkett yeah. not in? I mean, he's a Heisman Trophy winner, you know, yeah. top pick from the Patriots. Then he come. I mean, his story is one of the better ones, and he loves throwing the ball to Cliff Branch. So, <laughs> I mean, I can't get yeah. mad at Jim Plunkett at all. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. With Plunkett, it, it, it goes beyond that, too. It's like Coach Flores, you, you, you have to tell the story off the field. And yes. it's the comeback player of the year. It's yes. the Super Bowl MVP. It's yes. the rookie of the year. And and for pro football, you can't count the Heisman, so to speak. So right. it's a weird kind of dichotomy that goes on there. But right. the first minority quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And, oh, he did two of them. Yes. You know, and, and it's just – but you look at the pure stats and it's like, eh, okay, well, let's look at the playoff stats. I know JT was talking about this on his show earlier in the week. Yep. Um, the playoff stats is where you really got to go. And then to convince the voters is – Look, man, you can't tell the history of the NFL without telling the story of Jim Plunkett. Then you go from there. So I've always backed Jim. I've always backed Coach Flores, you know, Lester Hayes. Who didn't want to slather, stick them all over themselves and get in that crouch and try and bump a receiver coming <laughs> off the line? I mean, it's iconic. It's iconic. And that, is. to me, it's yes, it's the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Very Good, but it's also iconic. <laughs> yep. And, you know, I'm not there today, obviously. Those pictures are from my trip back in December. And, uh, you know, 
bad memories from that trip. I got a, I got there. I covered the game. We were stuck in Cleveland for five days, but I also came back with a case of COVID. That's All right. good now, so anytime I don't go back, <laughs> it's fine, but I got some good photos. Yeah. No, you really did, and I remember that now. Now that you bring that up, I was like, that's right. You sure did. I'm, man, that was yeah. that was some weird times, wasn't it? The last uh, few years were some weird times, uh, no doubt yeah. about it, but it looks like that uh, we're getting back to where we need to be. Uh, Paul, it should be fun this uh, upcoming year getting back into the locker room. I mean, that's, that's yeah. really big as well. Uh, for, for most fans don't realize, and they think that we're just kind of being selfish when we say, hey, we get to be in the locker room. How much does that enhance the story that you get to tell by being in the locker room? It's huge because you can, that's where you form relationships with these guys one-on-one. I mean, you can, you can lob a question in a press conference and it's all prepackaged and, okay, thanks for the transcript and I'll write a story off of that. But when you're able to be in the locker room and, and, and forge relationships and actually get a sense and feel how heavy emotions are in there, then you're able to tell a story. Then you're able to take the fans behind the scenes where they can't see on TV, where they can't see in a press conference. And to me, that is what it's all about. I mean, there are so many Marshawn stories that I could tell just based on his interactions in the locker room. I remember, you know, even in in Alameda, the the greatest thing I ever saw was Marshawn giving Derek Carr 401k advice. Max at 50%. (laughs) And there's a lot of F-bombs that were dropped in there, too. But it was, like, amazing. And seeing Marshawn telling Spanish reporters uh, in London his last game ever with the Raiders how beautiful the women of Spain were and uh, how he wanted to, uh, for lack of a better term, impregnate a lot of them and, you know, spread <laughs> spread the Marshawn love everywhere. Those are the kinds of things you see in the locker room. Now, is, is that Pulitzer Prize winning stuff? No, but from what I want to do and from what my bosses want, I want to take the reader, the viewer, uh, the fan, places they can't go before. Yeah. Getting in the locker room is one step towards that. Now, you got to be a pro. You can't be an idiot. You can't go in there and be a fool. Right. But, you know, <laughs> As long as you're a professional and you forge those relationships, I mean, dude, I can I, I want to do the math here and find out how many of these guys on this roster have never dealt with a reporter in the locker room. I mean, the yeah. last time we were in there, Max Crosby and Hunter Renfro were rookies. And yeah. I was talking to Will Kiss about this the other day. I don't even remember where Max's locker was. Now he's a megastar. Yeah. I very rarely recall talking to him, you know. Uh, you know, same thing with like Josh Jacobs. I remember he was in a corner, but not, you know, and there were some conversations happening. But it, it's going to be huge. Um, I just hope that the players understand that the vast majority of us uh, are going in there to be professional and to shine a light, not necessarily to play gotcha, but to shine a light to take fans where they need to be, where they want to go. I agree 100%. I can't wait. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, it's going to be right around the corner. It's going to happen sooner uh, rather than later, so very excited about that. Well, Paul, what do you got coming out, man? What are you working on? All the pieces that you've been putting out have been fantastic. What you got coming up that uh, we need to be on the lookout for? I appreciate that. Um, God, I, every time I tell you, I feel like I'm scooping myself, but uh, what the heck. Um, <laughs> plan, I'm going to talk to Jock Peterson this weekend. I'm up in the Bay, and, you know, Jock Peterson and Devontae Adams were high school teammates at, uh, in Palo Alto. And uh, Jock Peterson was wide receiver one. Devontae Adams was wide receiver two. So I want to kind of get to the bottom of that. Wow. That's a good one, right? That's a great tease. That's not a that's not scooping yeah. yourself. That's a great tease. We'll be on the lookout for that. Well, Paul, man, that's going to be great. I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for that. Thanks for spending so much time with us this afternoon, just telling the stories that you know and telling the stories about Cliff. And uh, we're here to celebrate him. So thanks so much, my man. I appreciate you. You, my pleasure, guys. Hey, and always remember, as much of a Drew Pearson fan as I am, dude, he pushed off on the Hail Mary. Come on, he pushed off. (laughs) They all push off, Paul. True, very true. There he goes, Paul Gutierrez right there from ESPN. Oh, man, what a story, huh? Jock Peterson, 
wide receiver number one and Devontae Adams wide receiver number two. I can't wait to to <laughs> actually read that piece and uh, good good stuff right there from uh, Paul. We appreciate him in a major way. It's one fifty one. We'll take a quick break. Coming up at the top of the hour, the Hall of Famer himself, Mike Haynes, will join the show. This is Radio Nation Radio nine twenty.